pitch to Bichette. On a line out to right field into the corner, pushing Sheets back. That ball's going to carry over his head. Guriel is in to score. It's an RBI single off the wall for Bo Bichette. And the Blue Jays have opened up an 8-3 lead over the White Sox. I just think a lot of heart. Um, you know, there was a lot of chatter uh, early on when they were that offensive struggle. And that was the game plan, you know, kind of just keep trusting it, keep going forward. And uh, now we're seeing how, how good they can be. Well, I think Alec made a jab at you about the chat. No, it's what uh, what chatter about? Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about the offense stunt. Yeah, well, and, and there was chatter. Well, chatter. He like, said that we were the Jeff only player. There's chatter. We were the only ones. We were the only ones <laughs> no, talking about lack of offense. No, never. Hmm. It's Blair and Barker <laughs> on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. It's a Friday. We're getting her done. Yes. We're getting, boy. We're getting her done. Atta boy. Get up and get that. We're getting her done. I'm not going to move. I'll wait till. Like, I'll wait that till, is your I'll favorite till. pen, too. That's a great it's gonna pen. going to leak all over the place. It's not. It's a fountain One pen. Of those, yeah, it's, it's a fountain pen. They leak. Fountain pens are great. You know what you would happen feel to you like if that you're leaks really... on this table? No one ever sits over your there. Your paycheck will be non-existent for like two months. Well, you can insert You know how much it would cost there. to replace this? Anyhow. Now, it feels better writing with a fountain pen. It's like you feel like you're writing. There's like something tactile about it. I thought I was the only one that... No, you write in purple ink, which is really weird. No, no, no. That's, that's not true. If you notice, I have certain things highlighted that I like to talk about. You got you write in it's purple ink. It's no, no, you write... There's different... Look, there's different. It depends on the day, how I feel, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad. You could see blue, you could see black. You could see purple. You could see pink. Oh. Depending on the team. Okay. How I feel, how I, how I want to talk about it. Purple's, uh, purple's an odd ink choice. I, I think if, if we surveyed uh, Lance, Jen, Mark, purple, odd ink choice. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. I just woke them up by saying that. I said their names. Anyhow. Uh Dad Levine is a senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins. He's going to join us at 11 o'clock. Uh, he's a great guest and lots to talk to Thad about. The um, Twins are in town for a three-game series against the Blue Jays. We do not know. Um, we, we don't know who's going to be here for the Twins. I can't put it any other way. Uh, the Twins do have some issues with non-vaccinated players. Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune said that the Twins uh, will be missing at least one front-line starting pitcher and one middle-of-the-order hitter in Toronto. Uh, he says that in total, about five players... That's a lot. ...will miss the trip. Uh, that is, of course, because of the vaccine restrictions. Now, mm. Carlos Correa is on the COVID IL. He is vaxxed. I, I've given up trying to figure out the COVID IL. I, I, I presume that means that he's not eligible to come... To come with the team, I, you know, but anyhow, we know that we'll, we'll get a better idea. Maybe, maybe Tad will, will tell us today. We'll certainly get a better idea before game time. But mm. as many as five regulars for the Twins, a lot may not be here. They're already Sunny Gray's already gone on the uh, the IL. That's with a non-COVID situation. That's an injury. So here we go. Um, face the Chicago White Sox without Tim Anderson. You sweep the White Sox. Liam Hendricks doesn't get in the game, doesn't get in a game. And you're going on after this weekend 
And the Twins aren't going to be easy. They are in first place. Shorthanded, though. After this weekend, you go on and face the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals, who, are, what did I say, they were 37-63 and 63 combined. A little for a lot. Going into yesterday. The Jays have won eight in a row, Kevin. They're 10 up, uh, 10 over 500. This is, this is precisely, precisely what the doctor ordered, isn't it? Keep it's your head, above, keep your head the above water the 31 days, the 30 games. Until the big, and then the big boys are getting get, going. Getting this stretch here and, and add some separation from you, from other teams that are trying to get where you're trying to get. This is what not good teams do. Great teams do this. They they When they face teams that they should beat, the Twins are having a good year. They're mm-hmm. above 500. They're in first place. They're four and a half games well, in 500 just, in their division. Let me just jump in. Uh, this is from Do Hyung Park, who covers the Twins. The Twins are going to place Max Kepler, Caleb Thielbar, oh. Emilio Pagan, and Trevor Magel, McGill on the restricted list ahead of this series to Toronto. They did not travel to Toronto with the team. Corresponding moves will be will come later. So no Max Kepler. That's uh, huge. That was the middle of the order bat. Sure. That's a lot. It that, is. That is, that's, that's basically a it's basically a fifth of your roster. You're the Blue Jays organization. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now you do some stepping. Like you you... You beat them. Like, that's this is this not that has nothing to do with the Blue Jays. You take advantage of a situation that some players they can make their own choices. But as an organization where you're trying to get, if you're the Blue Jays, this is if I'm pitching against this team now, I know that, you know, I don't have to face Max Kepler. You know, you can make good pitches to get him out, but he's got some confidence now. He's figured some things out mechanically. He's a threat. <clears throat> and to not have that threat in the lineup is going to make it easier for guys to work around certain guys and. Go a little deeper in games, which is what the starters are trying to do for the Blue Jays. Take advantage of it. It's my point. Uh, we decided we're going to open the phone lines today. We haven't done it for a while. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 590, triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety. The text line is 590-590. Uh, we just, uh, the Jays have won. Jays are in a winning streak. They've won eight consecutive games. They're 10 games over 500. We all know that this team didn't have Vladdy hitting for the longest time, didn't have Teo hitting for the longest time. Bo was kind of scuffling. And uh, Jose Barrios hasn't had the type of year we thought he'd have. And yet, lo and behold, they're, they're 10 games over 500 in a division, in a division where the pace is being set by the New York Yankees. If I'm the New York Yankees, I'm looking behind me right now and thinking, what the hell do I have to do? To get rid of the to, to, the, get, to get the Jays off my afraid, ass. Afraid to tell you, it's called the American League East. Yeah, but but this is the point about this this winning streak. The Yankees, the Yankees are playing about as well as they can play. They've got some injuries. They're overcoming those injuries. I mean, Matt Chapman. It's scary the stuff the Yankees are doing that's working out. Matt Chapman. It's just it's got a feeling that it might be one of those Yankees years. Yet there are the Blue Jays, and that's what I think is really significant about this this particular winning streak is just. Um, you're chasing a damn good team. You're chasing a team that uh, I think might be one of the most motivated Yankees teams we've seen in a long time. I think Aaron Judge is out to Aaron Judge is out to prove some folks wrong. As long as he's healthy, and I give the Jays credit for for hanging in with a tough schedule. He's defense. Well, that's perfect jumping off point uh, to discuss yesterday's game. Uh, an A3 win over the Chicago over the Chicago White Sox. Alec Manoa, terrific once again. Seven and two-thirds innings, six hits, three earned runs, five strikeouts, one walks. The White Sox ran out. How many switch hitters and lefties did we say they five. ran out? Five? 
he they were three for 15 with four k's against him yeah he kept them under control that's been one of the issues for alec manoa what did you see against lefties backdoor slider both sides of the plate's a big deal and that let me ask you this because alec alec told shy davidi after the his last start his previous start i'm sorry he was asked about the issues with lefties and said i'm going to come up with something for that sure he kind of winked and said i'm not going to tell you what it is i'm going to come up with something for that did he come up for something front, like that? Front, front hip sinker. He, well, from what I saw, he used his sinker a little bit more. Now, he has two sinkers. One that, that actually is a sinker. Another one that's a two-seamer. Two-seamer is the one that goes side to side. Okay. Sinker is the one that is 11 to 4 five. or 5. Okay. Somewhere in that range. The one that he actually really wants to get swing a miss off. It wants to get the fanny out and have that little weak arm swing. The rollover, that's the sinker. The two-seamer is to get the freeze. He wants to start it at the front hip of the, the lefty, have your hands go up, get you to freeze because you're taking it because of where it starts. Uh, and the backdoor slider is a big pitch. You know, he he was doing things. Tabby did a really good job of telling us about the thumb, moving the thumb around to make it go 12-6, make it to go where he wants it to actually have slider break. So changing that, the sh- that, is he changing the shape? He's or trying just, to. Yeah. You know, it's, it's basically the same velocity. Uh, maybe the breaking ball, the one that goes 12 to 6, is a is a couple of ticks lower than the slider. But I, for me, it's more about movement and location and actually wanting it to be a strike. That's the difference. That, for me, is at least what I saw. And mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, for, to get lefties, you have to get ahead. You have to do it with a secondary pitch. And you have to be able to pitch in. Not live in there, right. but you have to be able to throw strikes into lefties just to make them have to think, when I walk to the plate, now I have to have a longer barrel to be able to cover in, out, and maybe a little off on both sides of the plate. If you can do that as a right-handed pitcher, which is exactly what Jose Barrios is not doing. Lefties aren't scared of Jose Barrios with two strikes, and that's because the the breaking ball is just doesn't have the late bite to it. That, that uh, you know, Manoa had, obviously, yesterday. The velocity... Look, I, for me anyway, you can tell he only had seven swing and misses yesterday. That, that's the thing is, I think sometimes when he overthrows, he, he faces certain lineups, he wants to punch them out. That's the whole game plan going in mm-hmm. is don't let them put the ball in play. Lineups that have a little bit more power can, you know, do some damage on him, uh, uh, you know, because of the the – hitting in the gaps and then leaving the yard and that kind of thing like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, those those teams that can leave. He's going to elevate the heater. He's going to have the spinning four-seamer that he likes to do a lot of the times. Just stay for me anyway. It was the sinker. It was the two-seamer. It was the backdoor sliders. He's he's The one thing that you have noticed with him is he's getting a lot better at reading bats. That that You have to learn that. That's not a gift. That's not something that, you know, when you're in college, you wake up and you're like, oh, I can read that guy's bat. No, that's the only way you learn that is to go through it. And you can tell yesterday, slider counts because he's reading back, guy's slow on the heater. Why would I speed it up by throwing him a slider? I'm going to back it up with a either a two-seamer, something hard with movement, or I'm going to throw my four-seamer that's straighter elevated because I'm reading his bat that it's slower. He's not catching up to my heater. Why would I speed it up, give him a chance with a slider? He's a smart dude. Reason why I say he's a smart dude, sometimes when you're facing and you just get caught up in the moment, you forget about what you're trying to do. You know, you're you're doing such a good job. Lefties, you're dominating. What was it, 16 in a row he, he sat mm-hmm. down? Like, you just sort of lose what's going on in the, in the thought process. For him to be able to, as a, as a young pitcher, to be able to 
you know, and you're having a young catcher behind the plate, too, who has a game plan, and they're going to stick with it. And that's why he's giving you a slider and a slider count is that's what the game plan is. But to have a guy on the mound who's capable of going, no, 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 I know what the plan was. Yeah. But you see that guy's swing? He don't like a heater. We're going to throw him another one of those. That's next level stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Tabby also and, and Dan have made this point, and Buck has as well on, on telecasts. You watch Manoa during games that he's pitching. And he's always, you know, leaning on the, the, the top of the dugout. He's with his boys. He's with the hitters. Sure. You know, a lot of guys will sit down, put the, put the jacket on, wrap their arms. Mm-hmm. He's always engaged in the game. And I'm wondering if, Kevin, if that maybe d- doesn't explain something you talked about as well, just that, that, that understanding of the game. And as, as you said, the ability to maybe go against the game plan every now and then to read bats, to read hitters. I wonder if it's just, he's just such a sponge. Like, I don't like making a big deal necessarily about how guys are in the dugout all the time because I'm not certain it ever, it doesn't change what you are as a player. I don't think you can do whatever you want in the dugout. You can walk around in your hands in the dugout. Performance driven. Yeah. And doesn't matter if you get in the field, you can't hit a breaking pitch. You're just a guy who walks around with his hands in the dugout and can't, on his hands and, and can't hit a breaking pitch. There you go. But I wonder if that doesn't say something about him. I, he is he is so engaged in what is going on. And I really like, and his, his numbers speak for themselves. His, his whip is 0.998. It's the lowest in Blue Jays history for pitcher in his first 30 games. It's 8-0 at the Rogers Center. I know wins and losses, but he's 8-0 at the Rogers Center. The Jays are 10-1 and with him at the Rogers Center. And I really liked what I saw yesterday when Charlie came out to get him. And first of all, unlike the last game, there was no argument about about when you're coming in or when you're going. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that like Matt Chapman, that, that play we talked about in Blue Jays talk, where that fielder's choice where Bo has to run behind Chapman, Chapman runs over towards second, Espinal doesn't get the second in time. The it 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 keeps the inning going. It costs it costs Manoa pitches. Chapman was really upset about that. Mm-hmm. Like that might be the most kind of chapped I've seen him in a while. And I love when when Charlie came out to take Manoa out of the game, and Chapman goes over and like he's my bad. And I love that Manoa just kind of slapped him on the ass and said, mm-hmm. you know, not to worry about it. There really is something about about Alec Manoa that is. You know, you say he's a remote stopper. You're going to turn the TV on if you see Alec Manoa pitching. Even if you're just a neutral, you're probably going to stop and watch him pitch for a bit. There's really almost an aura about the kid. Sure, uh, and maybe, I, and maybe it's it's very hard to speak to what you're you're saying about the sponge, and I'm sure all those things are true. From what I, the way he talks, the way people talk about him, I just think he loves baseball. He likes to play. He plays once a week. He, he figures it's, Fair sort, point. it's yep. sort of like that. I, I don't play all the time. When I play, I'm going to have fun doing it. Yeah. I just want to have fun playing. I don't get to play all the time. But when I do play, I want to have fun. I want to have fun with my buddies. It's a game, baseball. I, for me, anyway, I'm pro- I, I, I would think what you're saying is probably true just by the way he watches his at-bats and watches other teams at bats and watches his his buddies at bats like he's probably gaining things and mm-hmm. how would i pitch to this guy with this guy and this count and all the things i'm sure that's probably the case i look at it on the other side of it he does so much homework off the field when the game starts i just want to have part. fun 
That's, that's why I'm up here that's and fair. I'm having fun and I'm the first one to give somebody high five. I'm even putting the jacket on somebody if he hits a homer. I just I, that's that's for me anyway. The way I look at it, I we're probably both right, but it's just yeah. Again, this is. I, I will say this. This is the interesting thing for me. He threw 111 innings last year. He's at 63 already. He's a big man. Conditioning, the marathon of a season. How's that going to look? When he gets to 135 innings, how's that going to look? Velocity, break on the slider, two different sliders, three different heaters. How's it going to look? I, we have no idea. That's the little interesting thing for me. How is the Blue Jays going to work this because you obviously going if you're in the playoffs, you obviously want him to be one of your main guys, and you want oh, him absolutely. being Alec Manoa. But he's never been here and done that before. And there's a there's a routine. There's and the only way you know how to go through it's to go through it. And he's never been through it before. So how's he? Got? I know he's done it in college, mm -hmm. but not with expectations of this. Now he's a different kind of guy when it comes to the mental side of that. But just the weight on his shoulders when it comes September and then when you get into October that every single pitch and that slider's got to have so much break. How's that going to look? That's the one little thing I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see it. Because I, I, it's great you bring that up because I, I was thinking about this yesterday and of all the starting pitchers the Jays have right now, the guy, at least at this time, the guy you can see throwing a complete game might be Manoa. Now, Gossman, when he's really efficient, would obviously be in the discussion as well. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is you know, there is – you look back at yesterday's game. If that, if that inning doesn't unravel for him the way it unravels – 19 pitches in the eighth inning. Yeah. If that – there's a chance – we're having that discussion. Does he does he get a complete game? Because they're up no. four nothing. There, but what I'm saying is, this is he is the type of guy. If he keeps going like this, those innings are going to are going to run up. They're going to run up. If he's mm -hmm. going seven and a third, seven and two third all the time. If he is that good, mm -hmm. those innings are going to run why, up. And that is that is a great point. That's why I want fans that are yelling and screaming about one again. This is why that we. Look at big picture, and and if I'm noticing these kind of things, and you're seeing Pete Walker the, his last outing when it was let me go, mm -hmm. okay, we're winning here, big fella. Like the the goal is to have you doing this later in the season, not ha having complete games in May. We don't want and that. That's the big. So fans need to take a step back and go big picture. We want to see that later. And you know what? Like that that whole thing sort of fell on Charlie. Charlie was the guy who took him out, but yeah. you know as well as I do that that's a that's a decision that I mean Pete's got to have a say in that. Pete's got most of the say in that, and I I would think if Pete said Charlie, run, let's 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 let him go another inning. It's a good thing. It's the right thing to do. I would think that they would I'm probably. Sure, do I'm it. sure they have stats that tell him in the seventh inning what it, what yeah. did his breaking ball look like? What did the life life on this fastball look like? Did he have the spin rate was the same in the seventh as it was in the fifth inning? Like there's so many stats that they have that will tell them when the red light goes on that how many times have they, has he faced the top of the order? Which that would have been the fourth time. Like there's so many things that go into. You know, how many pitches has he thrown in an inning? Like, all the things that would go into it, and I think the, the deciding factor would be he's never done this before. Like, and we want him doing this thing, you know, pitching eight innings in September and October, more importantly than in May and going complete games. So it's a big pitcher. A couple of newsy items out of yesterday's game. Hyunjin Ryu did go on the IL. Jeremy Beasley was called up. 
George Springer did not start. He's out with a non-COVID illness. He was around the team. He was taking batting practice. He was in the dugout. Santiago Espinal got the start uh, leading off. And I wanted to ask you this. we've, We've talked about needing to monitor George Springer's workload. Load management is a thing with George Springer. It's going to be. Has Santiago Espinal, just a couple of games, but putting him in the leadoff spot and having him not only contribute offensively, but just the offense looking so good, the lineup looking so good with him at the leadoff spot, is he now the best option for that game where you want to give George a rest in your mind? Has Santiago Espinal done enough that you... Your automatic thought is George isn't playing today. Santi's going to lead off, or does it depend? On I the would think matchup? because he's the obvious answer because you, you're not disrupting the lineup so much by say putting a Tapia in the leadoff spot. Right. Now all of a sudden you got to figure out who you're putting at the bottom of the order. And that's a big deal. Like they think about these things, and, and the, because the bottom of the order is kind of it is. It's, it's got found a little its way. something going. Yeah, it's found its way. It has, hasn't it? It, yeah. it has with Jano and and Tapia. You know Zimmer, man. Yeah. I. Well, uh, well I, I just don't even know how to speak about that. I, uh, he better play great defense. Like the play didn't make in the first inning. Yeah, you better start making all. Oh, those. we didn't even talk about I mean, that. The way you're hitting Manoa's great game. He gets the the first play doesn't get made. It's not an error, but it was a catchable ball. The second play or the second batter, Luis Robert hits the ball. Chapman made a great play on, but he's not he's not going to be able to throw him out. But that's the other thing about Manoa. Manoa was right in the stretch, putting the stretch he right did. away. He looked like he, was, he got out He looked it. like he was aiming early, uh, mechanics, finish. That's why, you know, Joe Siddle came on, I think it was, in the fourth inning, asking, wondering why he was throwing change up. I think just by watching him, he, he may have used that to try and figure how to get the feel back of the slider and the four-seamer and the two-seamer. Joe Girardi has just been fired by the Philadelphia Phillies. It's breaking news. The Phillies have relieved Joe Girardi of his duties as manager today. Bench coach Rob Thompson has been named interim manager. Rob Thompson, a Canadian. Uh, in addition, coaching assistant Bobby Meacham, former AAA manager, was relieved of his duties. Uh, quality assurance coach. I don't know what quality insurance coaches do. I wonder if I can get a quality well, insurance coach for my family. Uh, anyhow, quality <laughs> assurance coach Mike Kalitri uh, has been promoted to bench coach. This is uh, just just announced by the Philadelphia Phillies a couple of minutes ago, 10:21 to be exact. Joe Girardi has been fired as manager some of would the say Philadelphia it, Phillies. Some would no say surprise. it's about time. No like surprise. It's, it's, yeah, not, yeah, not shocked at all. They they spent all that money, most money they've ever spent in the season. Yeah. Expectations. David Dombrowski. just and, not and, adding up to, to how many wins they got. And David Dombrowski is not afraid to fire managers. So Rob Thompson gets a, uh, gets a crack at it. Uh, we'll have to wait for the news conference to see if that's on an interim basis. Or whatever, but the uh, first managerial firing of the season, probably no great surprise, is Joe Girardi of the Philadelphia Phillies. And you wonder if if that's the end of the line for Joe it's not, Girardi. It's not or, Joe's fault that the, the bullpen stinks and, and guys are, uh, you know, not performing offensively. It's not his fault. But again, if, you know, you're poking fingers, he, he's had enough time there, too. 416-870-0590, star 590. Triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the tax line. Tad Levine, senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins, joins us at eleven o'clock. We're taking your calls through this hour. Lots of topics. Obviously, the Jays on a roll. Uh, we've talked about Alec Manoa. A lot of you folks out there who are Jays fans. A lot of you have probably seen the other young pitchers the Jays have brought up. Please keep in mind that this organization existed before Marcus Stroman was here, so they've had some young pitchers. But I want to ask those of you who've been around. 
where do you where do you see Alex Manoa Alec Manoa fitting in there? Like this is Roger Clemens type stuff that we're seeing from Alec Manoa. If you look at Clemens' career with the Blue Jays, where do you see Manoa facing in there? What are your thoughts on Charlie's managing so far? It's been a talking point. I don't think it's necessarily a fair one. What are your thoughts on Charlie's managing so far? Wherever you want to go, Barker and I are here for you. It's 416-870-0590, star 590 uh, Got to talk about the defense yesterday, Kevin, in particular, uh, Chapman and Bichette, the defense on the left side of the infield. But that play Bichette made uh, of Josh Harrison, the throw was... He looks confident defensively. Right. What did you that, say? That, no, that no errors in 25 games? One, we, one error in the last 25 games. One error games. in the last 25. I, he just looks confident. Like, he, he looks like he's, doing, he's done so much work to... to Gain confidence that when balls are hit in certain areas that he may have had a weakness with last year or even the beginning of this year, backhand moving, you know, to his right, which would be towards the third baseman. So a lot of that Chapman, do you think? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that has anything to do with him. I think that's a between the years thing. That for me doesn't really matter. You know, you still have to catch the balls you're supposed to catch. Now, obviously, it will help because that allows Louis Rivera to move you over a little bit more and Chapman's getting those balls instead of you having to backhand them. That would help a little bit, but that has nothing to do with some place you're going to have to make that he can't make, and you have to have enough confidence to make them, and you can tell all the hard work he does. He doesn't want us coming on here showing videos of him doing early work. He doesn't want, want to, but it just seems like we should do that because of – the talks around him, mm-hmm. fans, the way they talk about him, the way he plays defense, uh, and where they're trying to go. And, you know, the question is, can they win a World Series with him playing shortstop? And right now you got to say yes to that. Like, it's just – I've never doubted he's making that. that. Well, you have to doubt it a little. No. by the, the Just the throws and, and you know, the, yeah, a little. Like, that, let's, not, let's not say no doubt whatsoever. There's a little doubt there. But – it's very minor now. Like, it's just all the plays he makes, the throws, the accuracy of his throws, the confidence in which he does it. For me, anyway, that's more important than all those other things. He He's trusting the work off the field that he knows now it's going to translate and it's showing. Yeah, and what's what's he got? What's he dragging his average up to? Shy and I were talking about this. His average is 254. Now, it doesn't sound overly impressive, but there's still one of the, the really neat things about baseball is – and I think people do realize this. When you play every day, it's hard to drag your average up. You've got to grind to drag your average up. And, if you, and Yeah, and if you look at where Bo's average was like six weeks ago to where it is now, that's, that's a lot of day-to-day lifting by Bo Bichette. Ten for, ten for his last 30. He's got a homer and five RBIs and four walks. Four, oh, now, Four three of those in one game, obviously. Right. But to your point, he is a little bit more under control. He's using his backside a little bit more. His back leg, it's more balanced, which will tell you he's starting on time. His decision-making is quicker. When your decision-making is a little bit quicker, it's like Teoscar Hernandez now. You can see he's seeing it out of the hand. That'll tell you everything's connected together. That way he can throw and, and have maximum damage with the baseball. I just like where the ball's going, and I like how it's going there. Doesn't have any – a lot of the times when you're in batting practice and you see guys who are really good, they follow the ball till it hits the ground. It's not to see how far it goes. It's to see how it gets there. Does it have – It does it have side m- movement to it? Does it have backspin where it's carrying? It's straight. That will tell a hitter in batting practice when it's straight that everything is 
where it's supposed to be and the ball's coming off the bat the way it's supposed to come off the bat, and that's sort of the way Bo, Bo is at bats are going. I've said this, and I'll say it to you. If he wants to hit 300, stop being this guy that thinks he can cover area codes. You can't. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. You're not going to be able to. It just it won't happen. These guys are too good. They throw too hard. They, they can locate secondary pitches. But if you can just shorten it and make it a little smaller, now all of a sudden things you do offensively, and take you to a whole different level. And then we're having different conversations about both. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Still got a few open lines. We will get to your calls when we come back from the break. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight as the Jays and the Minnesota Twins open their three-game series at the Rogers Center. You can catch it on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590. The Fan, Tad Levine. Senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins. My Minnesota Twins will join us at 11.02. Such a front runner. Not a front runner. You I've, are. I've been a Twins fan. It's like forever. the Colts. Colts get a quarterback, and you're just, you're tooting that horn until you can't toot it anymore. No, I just changed. Yeah. No, I got tired of cheering for the Vikings. The Vikings the Vikings pissed me off. They're, they just do. And I just got to a point where I, like I did, I went searching. Because, I mean, first of all, I don't watch a lot of NFL football to begin with. Um because I always feel like I need a shower after I watch the NFL because it's just all the... Well, you're the only one that overthinks the, it. The crud involved in the NFL. But I, I went shopping for a team. I went shopping for a team last year. I got tired of the Vikings. I got tired of Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I just got tired of everything. So I, I'm, I went shopping for a team. I like the Colts. I like the uniforms. Ben Wagner's a fan. I don't know anything about the team. I couldn't tell you who their quarterback is, but I like the logo too. So I'm a Colts fan. I, I understand. Who's a quarterback? Matt Ryan. Is he any good? Seriously? Matt Ryan, is he any good? I don't know. It's old. Okay. Well, anyhow, go Colts. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all. We don't, don't really need to talk about that. But I do like the Twinkies. do like the Twinkies. Uh, it'll be Kikuchi against Chichi Gonzalez today. The Twins are expected to be without five, count them, five regulars uh, due to COVID restrictions. Um, yeah, and Dylan Bundy and Devin Smeltzer will be the other starters this weekend. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. I promised you we'd go to the phone lines. We will go to the phone lines. Daryl and Whitby, get us started. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, right now with the team, they're, they're doing really well now. They're, they're on a hot streak and everything. The bats are heating up. For me, I still think this team's most pressing need right now is high leverage arms in the bullpen. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? 150%. 150%. Daryl's all over it. Yeah, it's, 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 you can never have too much pitching. And if you have swing and miss pitching that you, you – yeah, again, Aaron Boone looks like a genius. because yeah. He's got you, – you can't go to the wrong guy. Because cause you got a, you got a bazillion guys down there who have movement with power – who guys can't catch up to, who have to cheat, who now you can throw secondary pitches to and get a lot of swing and misses. That's what every team who's contending wants more of, and the Blue Jays don't really have any of. Yeah, listen, and we've talked about this 
ad nauseum on the show. But if I'm Ross Atkins, I want to make my bullpen move as soon as possible too because, um, yeah, the team's winning. But but we talked about this coming out of spring training, looking at the bullpen. There isn't enough swing and miss stuff. The numbers back that up. Everything backs it up. You're going to need to get more swing and miss stuff in the back end of the bullpen. The sooner you can do it, the better as far as I'm concerned because it's a, it's a long-running issue. It's a long-running issue with mm-hmm. this team. And if you look at the bullpen right now, they've got you – know, if you could just add that one guy, the way things have set up right now, maybe take – give the Adam Simbers and the Trevor Richards – maybe remove a little bit of the responsibility from them, right, would, would be the way I, I would I look, look at it. I look at that it. a little bit more from Jordan Romano's. Well, yeah, but point of view, just just because it would be a little easier, you don't have to overuse him. But if you get that guy, then you can by default. Then Jordan Romano, maybe you take some of the. So there's a trickle down effect, right? Well said. And 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 the one guy to me in the bullpen that his role. I mean, I haven't made up my mind about him, frankly. Is Jimmy Garcia? It's kind of the one guy. I don't know about him. I I I don't know about him, Uh, but. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying I kind of, there are times where they bring him into the game and I get the sense that he's just, that the game might as well be over because he's he's got the answer to everything and we're going to get out of there cleanly. The other times he comes in and I just find that sometimes he's searching mm-hmm. for stuff. They need that guy at the back end of the bullpen. And if they can get that early, then I think all the other stuff you need to do, uh, you know, the the other stuff you need to do, you can address it within time. I know people have said, do you need another starting pitcher? You talked about that. Do you need another starting pitcher if if you're not going to be able to rely on Ryu and if Nate Pearson you know, t- needs time to get up here? I guess, but that's something I would look at closer to the trade deadline. And you son of a gun got me thinking about it even more with your Alec Manoa thing as the pitch, as the as the innings roll up. You just wonder if maybe there won't be a time where they'll need another guy who can give them three or four starts. Now, maybe that's Ross Stripling. But I really like the role Ross Stripling is in right now. And it would help if they figure Barrios out. That would help too. Yes. Yeah. Eddie and Ford Erie, you want to talk about the catching? Yes, uh, Jeff. First of all, before I get to my comments, I just wanted to say root for the Twins all you want because you win either way in this series. And That's, that's true. Yep. Yeah, my and type of series. I, I, and I can relate because whenever the Blue Jays and Padres play each other, I win as well because they're both my teams. There you go. Now, the first comment I've got, I got one other comment as well, but the comment I have first is about the catching. And when I see Kirk and Jansen uh, playing, you, you know, whether, the, whether they're at the DH or catching, they kind of remind me of Martin and Navarro from 2015 because I remember when Martin signed with the Blue Jays, Everybody was wondering, are they going to trade Navarro? Are they going to trade Navarro? But one thing that's, that, that saved them from not trading Navarro was the fact that, one, Martin could catch the knuckleball, mm-hmm. and two, totally had an option. So those two things, for a minor league option, so those two things were the ultimate safety net for the Blue Jays to keep Navarro, and it worked out well for them that year. Yes, it did. Now, yeah. Now, the second thing is, is, the, is the streak, because I got four games that stood out to me on this winning streak that really, you know, have impressed me about the Blue Jays. The first one being against the Angels with Otani on the mound. Mm-hmm. When, when Vladi took Otani deep, I said to myself, Vladi may have only got one first place vote, but he got some ultimate satisfaction mm-hmm. by taking him deep. 
The second game is the 11 to 10 game because in that one, nobody, it seemed like nobody wanted to win that game, right? Because the Blue Jays had the lead, Angels came back, and that was going to be a matter of who was going to, you know, come up with a big hit or come up or come up with a big pitch, and that was the Blue Jays game. There the was third a ton game, of calamity around every every. You're right, Eddie. With every pitch, it was like there it, you expected calamity. Oh, exactly, exactly. The third game is the first one against the White Sox when Gurriel caught the ball and doubled up the runner at first. Mm-hmm. Reese McGuire should have known. He should have known who was in left who's in left field throwing the ball because if I can steal a line from Barker, he was totally lollygagging and it cost the White Sox the game right there. And the fourth one was the game yesterday because I was watching the game at the bar yesterday and I said to myself when I saw the, the first inning for the White Sox, I said to myself, they look like they're going to be a little bit aggressive in that game because they were swinging at the first pitch um, a lot in the first inning. You know, they got two runners on, they didn't score and then they just kept chasing um the pitches up high, you know, and Manoa kept throwing into him and they just, they just kept swinging and missing. And I'm like that aggressiveness cost them. And of course, La Russa mm. calling for a catcher's interference, which that clearly was wasn't. Yeah. And for me, that was the ultimate sign of desperation and saying to myself, get us out of there. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. No, Eddie, thanks for the call that, that, uh, all the, all those talking points, it, you know, it's funny. Somebody on, um, Gosh, was it? Was it? Uh, I I just saw this before I came in today. It might have been in a, the Twitter feed, but the other thing that really sort of stands out to me, Kevin, about this particular streak is there was also something about that Danny Jansen two home run game against the Cardinals. That kind of um, it sort of changed it changed the tone a little bit around the team. That was also the game where Vladdy got. Vladdy got his home run as well. And it's just that game in particular. Yeah, the 11-10 game was complicated. But, man, that game in particular against the Cardinals kind of... Vladdy still home hit with runners in scoring position. Yeah, gave you a exactly. little confidence to the next guy come up when that situation... Correct. Because he saw he's seen his buddy do it. Sort of can get it done. That too. was a game where you got a sense that there was something, there was some life there to that lineup. Yeah, I, when I was listening to Eddie talk there, I, I think for me anyway, it's the good teams figure out ways to win games when one part of their game's just not clicking. And that's sort of what you're seeing with the Blue Jays. If they need to, uh, you know, have a bullpen game, they can they can beat you that way. They're playing good defense. They're steady Eddie right there. Yeah. That, that's sort of a consistent every single game is you, for the most part, know that the defense are going to throw it to the right base. They're going to get the outs. They're supposed to get most, if not all the time. Uh, the You know, the the starting pitching's always been there. So it's – that for me is – even the team that I play on in 2006 with the Blue Jays, they, they just didn't have that. Like, you just – you either out hit teams or you weren't going to win. Yeah. And now I think this team here, as you can tell, is – to win a World Series, they're not always going to be to out hit everybody. Sooner or later, you're going to have to take the extra base, or you're going to have to have a guy score from first base. Like the little things that matter when push comes to shove. And I think right now this team's showing you they can do that. John in Oshawa, you got a question about Kevin Gossman. Yes. Good morning, guys. How are you and today? We are doing well. That's good. Um, yeah. I, I, I just want to comment about Kevin Gosman. Okay, so uh, I just want to run this by you guys. So the guy, uh, the Jays are out out, out in Anaheim. Okay, so we always know that uh, the first game back on a road trip, 
the guys are feeling it, right? I guess, Kevin, you would know that, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my, what I want to say is, well, what, what do you guys think about uh, Charlie going to Kevin Gosman on Saturday and say, listen, uh, we want to send you home a day early so you can, you can be 100% come Tuesday because that's your next start. Now, I understand you want to be with your teammates, I mean, but would it make any sense to send him home a day early and get him climatized with a dime zone? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, John. Th- thanks for calling. A lot of teams. I mean, a lot of teams do that, and it, it's not even just necessarily a, a West Coast team, uh, thing. Um, the Yankees have done that in the past. Coming to Toronto, where they've sent they send a player ahead of time. If you're going to pitch Monday, there's no point in being with the teams mm-hmm. you know, Sunday afternoon. So get into the city early. Get get your rest. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, listen, this team has got. You know, people always get tired of us hearing saying this, but it's true. This team's got sleep therapists and sleep specialists and hydration specialists. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. They're, everything is everything is thought out. And I got to think that if if there was a reason to do it, they would probably they would probably have done it. And I do think in a lot of cases too, you leave it up to the guy, Kevin. Sometimes I think you can't. It was what Liam Hendricks talked about. Yes, just kind of doing, keeping stuff simple, right? Sometimes, especially with a veteran, you just kind of, you have to draw the line and you have to kind of let them do what they're going to do. Sure. Now, now he did. The only reason when I was listening, when you were talking here, I had to go back and see game logs when he yeah. pitched. He pitched on the 24th and he pitched again on the 31st. So you got to figure that's the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. That's six days rest because he had two days off in between that. They played in St. Louis. Then they traveled on Wednesday, the 25th. And then they had another off day on the 30th. So he... He had he pitched on the twenty fourth. He had that travel day, and then he pitched on the thirty first after the travel yeah. day. It wouldn't make a ton of sense to trying to fly him home early, just because of the off day thrown yeah, in there and right. how it is. It's just kind of it's almost fly, flying and those kind of things. Again, it gets back to for me anyway. It's the routines. If if I'm going to disrupt a guy's routine, it would make sense for you to do that. But because of the two off days, he had an extra day's rest between starts that in itself right there is, is disrupting what he's trying to do and, and how he's trying to keep himself in the flow of just routine wise of knowing what do I do the extra day off or, or, or the extra two days off? How do I make up for those? So for me, that's more important than actually trying to fly him home early and those kind of things. So there's, again, I'm sure Charlie and Pete Walker have went up to these guys and said, how do you, how do you do this? You know, how do you want to work this? Do you want to fly home early? If they wanted to, if he wanted to, he would have done it. Me, it just doesn't make any sense. It's more the the extra day rest between the times he starts. That's the most important thing. And just getting in the flow and and it's just you gotta be you gotta be careful on how you're you're working these guys around to get them to the the ultimate goal, which is to have the the best Kevin Gosman in September and October. Again, I know fans don't like to hear this, but it is big picture when expectations is long runs and playoffs. It's not always about how you're handling them in May. So that's that's something you got to be careful about how you think about the way they're, you know, figuring out how they want to pitch and, and days off and those things. Let's go to Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. Vince. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, guys. 
No I have I have, a, I have um, a couple of questions about the Jays and then one in general. The okay. first one, and I talked a little bit about it, it was the situation last night, and I know they said about Zimmer and his defense, but why did they pinch? Why do you think they pinch hit for Tapia and let Zimmer bat? And then my second question is, even though Thornton did decently last night with a four-run cushion, what is the love affair that they seem to have with he and Merriweather? And then my last question is, the plain simple one, do you guys think that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, we'll answer the last one. I'll answer the last one first as a Hall of Fame voter. Um, no, because I don't believe for a second that he may not have gambled in games and that it may not have had an impact on decisions that he's made because anybody who knows anybody who's a problem gambler knows how uh, it can be difficult to cross a line or to not cross a line. Having said that, the fact that Gambling is now part of the landscape. Legalized gambling is part of the landscape in baseball at every level. I'm, I got to be rethinking it. If I'm the commissioner, I've got to be rethinking my stance. It does seem a little uh, hypocritical to essentially turn your game over to legalized gaming companies and keep out a guy because he gambled. It, it, it just does. Um, as the other questions... Bark, I'll let you. I'll let you handle the pinch hit question. I, I George, okay. They, they they had a two run lead. Uh, you want to you want to pinch hit for a batter because a lot of the times that batter plays the same position as you're playing, so that batter can come in and play that position. George Springer's probably not available. He's not going to play center. Uh, you got a two run lead. You want your best defender in center field and not left field. Yeah, there, there's two answers for you. Uh, the lead, the better defender, and who's not available. Yeah. There's three answers. Perfect. And, and, and yeah, listen, Bradley Zimmer's in this team for one reason, because he can catch the ball in center field there and cover is. ground in center field. Uh, and, and, and at that point, the game is still close. It makes no sense, I don't think, it makes sense to weaken yourself defensively for, for, that, particular, for that particular shot. That's, that's just the way, I, that's, that's the way I looked at it. Um, as for Trent Thornton, Bark, you know the answers. There's one simple reason that Pete Walker and the Jays like Trent Thornton, and it is he can spin it. That's the that's the only reason. You're you're going to see Trent Thornton pitching some key spots because they don't really have any other choices, and they're trying to take a little pressure off the highest leverage guys, and that's called depth. I don't like Trent Thornton. I'm going to say it out loud. I don't like when he comes in the game. He, he makes me scratch my head a lot of the times when you're even getting him loose. But again, you got to look at big picture here. You got to look at long term. You got to look at what the options they have that day. And a lot of the times, most bullpens don't have eight or nine guys that all are good or great. Yeah, they're and not you're all, all going to bring in in highest leverage situations. They're going to have a couple of guys, Vasquez, Thorntons, and you can name the Brucky who they've gotten rid of who you just don't have any other choice to go to, and that's why they're going to him. But I do know Pete Walker likes Trent Thornton because of the way he spins it. And if he can throw strike one with that and expand with some velocity with the fastball and have decent enough mechanics, whether you like it or not, you're going to see Trent Thornton. Yeah, I, that's, that's really well said. And Julian Merriweather, to me, he's just a guy, and, you know, they – they look at what they have in the minor league system and they probably don't think they have anything 
better than him right now. That, now that's now the way Julia I'd Merriweather it. and Trent Thornton and Vasquez's of the world are here in September. Yeah, they ain't going to be. I, don't, I, don't, listen, don't blame the manager or the pitching coach. I, I think I think I think you are going to see a move in the bullpen very soon. I think one thing you're going to see is Matt Gage brought up by the organization at some point. That's one move you're going to see. You're going to see Nate Pearson up here at some point. But I really do believe that in a, in a couple of weeks, there are going to be maybe three new arms in that bullpen. I, I, uh, we can sit here. We know who isn't, who, the, the arms that aren't going anywhere, and we know the arms that are going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And in, in the meantime, if this team's winning eight consecutive games of 10 over 500, I'm sure if you're the Blue Jays, they'd like to improve. But I don't think there's as much a rush necessarily right now. Uh, as there would have been two weeks ago, but, but eventually, that, but that whole chemistry thing and getting people worked into yeah. high leverage roles absolutely would be easier when you're ten games above five hundred than That's, if you've lost six or seven in a row. Yeah. No, that yeah. is that is true. Uh, let's squeeze one more call in. Um, I want to go to Travis from Saskatoon. Hey, Travis. Um, I just wanted to call in and talk about yesterday's game in the first inning there, and. Um, I want to agree with Jeff on a point where Mourinho, I believe you have to leave him in AAA uh, unless a trade or injury happens. But because I think Danny Jansen yesterday in that first inning when um, when Manoa was struggling, that Danny Jansen ends up calling that timeout. I don't know what Kirk was doing, but and I just also that shows the defense and the leadership that Chapman has. Right. He's seen his pitcher was scuffling. He calls the timeout. I don't know what he said to him, but it ended up obviously working. So, And then also at the end of the game, when Charlie came to get Manoa, I wonder if that pat on the backside wasn't also you know, a thank you for the pep talk and slowing the game down in the first inning. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Matt Chapman's role in this team, and Kevin, I, I think what we've seen from Matt Chapman during this winning streak is kind of that's – I mean that's that's what he is. He's he's hit a lot of balls hard. And the numbers are there. He's hit a lot of balls hard. He's among the league leaders in that. He's playing great defense. At the end of the year, Matt Chapman's gonna have home runs, doubles, not a very good average, and 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 hopefully another platinum glove. And if that's the case, the Jays will take that. They'll absolutely take that. And I do think, just from talking to people, Chapman fits nicely into what they're trying to do in terms of, and I'm not a big fan of chemistry necessarily, but he fits nicely into what into what the Jays are trying to do. See, when, I, when, I, when I've been on teams before, and you have that little powwow that you have on the mound whenever they're taking a guy out or you have a conversation, pitching coach comes out, manager comes out, and, and, and a player comes over to a pitcher and, and either taps him and says something to him. It, it's more of a, I did it, I won't do it again kind of talk. It's not mm-hmm. so much of a, you know, sorry, whoa, whoa, it's me kind of thing. I I don't know if I read a ton into that. That, that, that for me is the expectations are so high for this right. team that they expect perfection yeah. all the time. Like there, there's no room for when a play is supposed to be made, you're an elite defender, make the play. Like I, the, 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 and I, I, I give him credit for walking over and, and, and however that conversation went. And I'm sure that's the exact, the, the way it went is the way Alec Manoa said it went, but I just, yeah. I don't read a lot into that. Like I just that the the conversations and the way I hear it whenever I'm in those, whenever I was in those as a first baseman and walk over, conversations are what they are. They expect perfection. 
The Blue Jays will start a three-game series tonight against the Minnesota Twins. 7.07 is the first pitch. Thad Levine is senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.